Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> I'm, Eric, whenever I say that, I'm not saying it to you. Oh, what? Who are you saying it to? I don't know. To our listeners. Welcome back, listeners. (laughs) Thank you for everyone who pressed play on this glorious episode on this glorious day. Um, We're back to talk about homes and celebrities. And uh, there was one particular interesting bit of news that we saw. Basically, Questlove, who is the drummer for the band The Roots, is hosting an hour-long Food Network special. Um, he'll be having like a Zoom meeting with some of his closest celebrity friends and it's going to show them cooking inside their homes. Um, some of the people that will be featured are Zoe Deschanel, Tiffany Haddish, Patti LaBelle, Kenan Thompson, um, you know, pretty, pretty high profile people. Right. Uh and it just and and of course all the proceeds will go to Leonardo DiCaprio's America's Food Fund. Um, this is happening May twenty eighth, so actually it has already happened <laughs> technically. Um, but it's kind of a jumping off point for us to talk about something that we've been seeing a lot during quarantine, which is you know getting an inside peek inside these celebrities kitchens because everyone is staying at home and posting videos from their homes. And I had seen an article, I think earlier this week about the head of the Food Network or the head of Discovery saying, why are we spending money on all these elaborate productions? Not that they're hugely elaborate, but why are we spending money on production values when people want to see celebrities or chefs just cook from their home using Mm -hmm. simple setup and kind of just showing off their their skills right off, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy and it doesn't have to be anything super well polished. It can just be kind of off the cuff more than anything. Right. It's authentic. Right. Like it's it's it feels like a like an insight, like a look behind the curtain. It's Right. And so yeah. what we've seen just within the past couple of months is a look inside a ton of celebrity kitchens some you know notable chefs and then others just notable celebrities, you know, doing things in their kitchen. Living right. Life. I mean, one of the kitchens that I've seen during shelter in place when, you know, someone who's posted from their kitchen cooking is Martha Stewart. Hi, everyone. I'm cooped up in my kitchen in my yard, just like all of you. Baking is one of my favorite pastimes. And today I want to show you how to make one of my very, very, very favorite cookies. It's called the kitchen sink cookie. And I was surprised to see that her kitchen was very industrial. Yeah, you said it looked like a test kitchen, right? Yeah, it, it just didn't look like I would have pictured. Homey, Martha Stewart, cozy yeah, it feeling. Was, yeah, it was very cold. and. Yeah, I saw, I saw a segment of her as well, and I was, was struck by that. I thought, it, yeah, it looked more like what you would see in a restaurant rather than, than, right. a, than a home. I want to see. I haven't seen this. It's on. I think it's on her Instagram. Um, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she has two two kitchens in her house. Right. Frankly, and the one yeah. that, the one that we saw was probably maybe one that she uses to test recipes or mm-hmm. that kind of you know work on recipes for her various books and projects that she does. Right. Some of the other ones that we've seen, like Rachel, you were mentioning Mariah Carey's kitchen. Yeah. Um, I gotta give credit to the Washington Post. They did a roundup of all the celebrities' kitchens 
that we've gotten a glimpse into during quarantine. And uh, it's a real treat to go through these pictures. And some of them are like, okay, okay, that's what I expected. And then some are a real surprise. Mariah Carey, for me, was not at all what I expected. First of all, let me ask you, what would you think her kitchen would look like? I would put it as like all white, very glamorous, um, modern, contemporary, right? Yeah, very modern. Clean yeah, lines. Absolutely. Me too, but it is nothing <laughs> like that. It looks like this is in New York. I'm going to venture, I guess, because it looks like there's skyline behind her, but there's right. exposed brick. There's uh, historic tile, it looks like, on the floor. It's um, it's it's just completely not what we would think of a Mariah Carey kitchen. Yeah, kind of like industrial loft looking. Who else did, what other kitchens did they feature in that article? Mindy Kaling's. There's a lot of wood. I'm not too fond of it. Yeah. Um, Aisha Curry's is gorgeous, of course, but she's used Mm -hmm. to, you know, showing off in the kitchen. Uh, Jason Derulo's (laughs) is a big lol. It's like (laughs) all black. Like the whole thing is black and I like it's hideous, but I mean, I guess whatever works for him. <laughs> maybe he do we get the vibe that he does cook a lot or maybe he just doesn't spend any time in the kitchen? I think I saw a story about Jason Derulo eating and he had hurt himself. Jason Derulo seems to chip front teeth in viral TikTok video oh. while eating corn on corn on the cob off a drill. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so he put corn on the cob on a drill. And and I mean, Jason Derulo does not need to do that either. He doesn't need to be breaking his teeth. For, he doesn't need to put his name in every song either, but he still does that. Jason Derulo. I mean, big bless to Jason Derulo. But do we feel like these networks will transition to putting chefs and, and celebrities in their kitchens when they film shows? Like, is that I don't I don't know. If, you know, I don't know. If, COVID or no COVID. Right. I don't know if they will, but I mean, I think there's an appetite definitely among younger appetite. Uh, yeah, yeah, appetite nice. um, among younger viewers that that just watch or consume their content via YouTube or in Jason Derulo's case, TikTok. They're 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 more attuned, I guess, to not super high production values, or you know, they of course. I'm not saying these shows look janky, but it it doesn't need to have multi camera, right? You know, it can just be an iPhone set up, and with you know, it's it, there's more personal type connection. People are looking for that authentic feel. I have to wonder if that's going to translate beyond just cooking shows. I mean, already. You know, all the talk shows and whatnot have moved into the homes, too. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I in some ways it's more enjoyable because it does make you feel like it's more personal. I just I found myself thinking that last night when I was watching Selling Sunset, we made a pact yesterday to a blood pact, an oath, really, to watch the first episode, the pilot episode of Selling Sunset. On May 22nd, they launched the second season of this reality show on Netflix that profiles a real estate agency in the Hollywood area near Sunset um, Mm -hmm. and the multi-million dollar homes that they're selling. And we were kind of curious, like, what's the deal with this show? Is this really worth watching? So we figured we'd start at the beginning. The real estate in this definitely takes a backseat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not million dollar listing 
in any I mean I think it's meant to be sort of I think you guys were saying a combo uh, a blend of million dollar listing and real housewives and it mm-hmm. definitely links more toward real housewives well I I came into the show with a little bit of a preconceived notion at least about the production value because it's created by the creator of the reality TV show uh, The Hills. Hills was also lightly, not more than lightly, was scripted to look like reality. And this is emulating that that sort of model of, you know, very scripted, kind of appearing to be reality show, but not really. Yeah, Maybe that's why I never really liked The Hills whenever I saw an episode, because it did. You're exactly right. It had the same vibe of like, scripted not scripted yeah i mean they they, so the cast of characters is at like rachel said at this um real estate firm and it focuses on all of the employees who happen to be women Um, i said why only women that's what i wrote except yeah except for the two owners of the agency uh brett and jason oppenheimer twin brothers Um, oppenheim Oppenheim, excuse me, not different family. Um, yeah, it had nothing to do with the atomic bomb. <laughs> I did look at the Oppenheim Group website after watching this episode, mm-hmm. and they do have some male agents. Okay. The other thing is in LA, I think a lot of these agents or realtors or listing agents, buyers agents, sellers agents are wanted to be actors or actresses at mm-hmm. some point, and. Mm-hmm didn't quite make it and for whatever reason then they fall into real estate that was sort of the pre- that's a good transition into the premise of this pilot is that there's this agency with the two um the two founders the brothers and then all these women and the it opens with the brothers telling their crew that a new girl is coming in and i really i don't know why i had an issue with this but they kept saying girl and it bothered me but whatever i won't get on that soapbox right now um, but they were warning these, frankly, catty, catty bees that a new girl is going to come in and you need to play nice with her. And yeah. new girl is Chriselle, mm-hmm. who is married to, or until recently, Justin Hartley of This Is Us fame. Mm-hmm. And show. she came from Kentucky. She grew up in Kentucky and apparently was... Uh, impoverished, maybe homeless at a certain point. She mentioned several times throughout the episode that she was known as the smelly kid growing up. So now it's just wild that she's in LA selling multi-million dollar real estate. But part of her backstory is also that she was on soap operas. Right. So yeah, yeah, she was saying that she came to LA to make it in acting. And then this was sort of a second hobby that became a passion of hers. One of my favorite scenes, which was also one of the cringiest scenes, was when one of the agents, Christine, who is supposedly like the mean girl, she's like the catty She is a mean, mean girl. girl. She is the worst. She is a mean girl. Um, I wrote, Christine is dot, 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 something. She <laughs> is the exact type of person I never hope to encounter in LA. Um, she's putting down her clients during her talking heads. She's, there, there's there's a scene where she shows her clients this beautiful Hollywood place at night. And she's like, Oh, it can, you know, you can turn on the fireplaces and you can really show off the place. And then she starts, you know, her clients are like, Oh, I wish there was a, a, um, gas, a gas, gas burner, yeah. a gas stove. Oh, I don't like the floors. And in, in, in Christine's talking head, she's like, 
you can like you're buying a 10 million dollar house you can change the floors you could be word you don't cook like yeah like i mean truly you, a catty individual you can bleep me here but i was i was horrified that she used the term bitch yeah i was too. about yeah. her client I, yeah yeah about her client so that that led me to think i, I agree with you guys i'm in total agreeance with what you just said <laughs> but that led me out of the show because for an agent yeah. to call somebody a b word one of their clients yeah. that made me think like these two people that are that are touring the home must have been actors and or friends of hers that were set up to you know say like oh we don't really like this home because right. for yes. an, an agent wouldn't call somebody uh, a b word no because they know that they're gonna see that that's gonna they're it's gonna get back to them and it's and yeah, it's gonna it's turn so off any potential clients right future clients so yeah i had the same thought and i had even written down this is so scripted from the start. Like that's she, the biggest turnoff to me is everything seemed completely scripted and that, you know, everybody had their role to play and I didn't like right. it. Right. Well, she admitted to drug abuse. Yeah. <laughs> she said, I Adderall. just real estate. I just thought it would be, you know, it'd be easy for me. I just go to my doctor, take a whole bunch of Adderall, take the test and I passed it. Yeah. Right. So but- like, I know that was it, it was shocking. I think she's trying to be shocking, and that's what I didn't like about yeah. it. Right. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see sure. right through you. There wasn't really any like likable character. The the only one that I really kind of enjoyed watching, and maybe I just empathize or just you know felt bad for, was the woman who was being me tooed by her client um, when she was showing him a house. Oh, the the, the, the Israeli agent. The Israeli, yeah, Maya, who's yeah. the Israeli agent, and she has an Israeli client, and he wouldn't stop hitting on her and trying to get her to go to lunch with him and have a drink with him. and Yeah, he was being I, super inappropriate. Super creepy. Um, and she's just like, dude, I'm trying to do my job. I'm trying to, like, do you want to buy a house or not? And he's pretty much just like, well... I'll, you know, I'll go see some houses with you. I'll go see some houses with another agent and and we'll hang out. We'll see what's going on. Yeah, I was really into hanging out. Right. Yeah, I'm like, and, dude, no, sh- this is her business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I felt like I, there in that moment, the show had a, a real estate moment where she was like, why are you talking to other agents when I am your agent? But then totally. it, it was kind of that, that kind of, that just dropped away in favor, of course, of inter- agency drama so i think it's safe to say that you guys will not be continuing on with this series the only reason i kind of want to now is just to talk trash about it with you guys (laughs) i kept starting and stopping like and i love tv i love me some reality tv but like it's hard to find something just telling us about the masked singer last night you didn't want us to spoil (laughs) i would definitely much rather watch the masked singer if any of our listeners have (laughs) watched the show we just crapped all over it (laughs) i mean i know that we say this after every every segment like this but if you have seen this show please write us in podcast at realtor.com and let us know what you think like are we wrong are we we, like missing something does it get better yeah does it get better i want to know um because it just seemed like a flaming hot pile of inauthentic garbage (laughs) at this point so Yeah, I, I, that's a great way to describe star it. One star would not do again. No. 
Over the last few months with social distancing and staying at home because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've been really curious about how people have been spending their time at home and getting through everything. One of the craziest stories we heard is about Brent Underwood, the owner of the infamous abandoned ghost town called Cerro Gordo in California. Essentially, Brent has been sheltering in place solo in the ghost town for the last three months. And let me just say, in the beginning, this wasn't necessarily his choice. This was extremely unexpected as he lives full-time in Austin, Texas, and only intended to stay in the ghost town for a few weeks. And this is also a wild story because Sarah Gordo is way off the beaten path, about 200 miles northeast of Los Angeles and 20 miles from the nearest town. So going on a Costco run for supplies isn't exactly easy. Also, he has no running water and limited internet access. So what's it like to be living in a ghost town right now by yourself during a global pandemic? How does he spend his days? Why did he buy the ghost town? And has he experienced any paranormal incidents since living there? By the way, the answer to that last question is yes. We were lucky enough to talk to him, and we're going to release our entire conversation as a special episode early next week. But to give you a little preview, we're including a few snippets right here. Please enjoy and be sure to catch the full episode dropping in a few days. A great way to make sure you don't miss it is to subscribe in your podcast platform of choice. All right, here's the preview of our conversation with Brent Underwood, the owner of Cerro Gordo Ghost Town. I thought it would be a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks uh, up there. Mother Nature kind of had other other plans, I suppose. The night I drove up, I drove into a blizzard, which coming from Austin is not something that I was prepared for mentally, you know, like uh, equipment-wise, anything. And so my, mm-hmm. my truck stopped a couple hundred yards before the town. I walked the rest of the way. Um, and then it just snowed for weeks and I, I got tra- I kind of got trapped up there for a while. I guess my question is, why are you still there? Can you get out and or are you choosing to stay there right now during COVID? Yeah, so the majority of the snow is melted. There's still some patches. It's not impassable anymore. So if I needed to, I could get out with my truck. I think at this point, there's a couple of things going on. One, I can't leave the town unguarded. While a lot of people don't come up here, enough people come up here that having a property that I sank the majority of my life savings into sit vacant for potential people to, you know, loot or, you know, there's no water up here. A fire could happen and houses could burn down or things like that. So mm-hmm. it's mainly just like kind of a uh, guarding role. Okay, Eric's going to roll his eyes at me so he can tune out right now. But from what I understand, you are not exactly alone in this ghost town. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you think is going on there? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll start with the fact that I was firmly in the Eric camp. If he's a non-believer, I was firmly like, listen, I ghosts are not a thing. That sounds ridiculous. And even at a place like Cerro Gordo, it's a place with a very rich paranormal history. You know, there's stories of infamous ghosts that are in certain buildings that do certain things to certain people. And it all sounded ridiculous <laughs> to me when we bought it. And I pretty much dismissed it. Um, but... <laughs> As uh, one would imagine, being up here for a couple months, I've been able to experience a lot more evenings here. And I would say I have moved from firm non-believer to let's just figure out a way to coexist with the ghost or paranormal or whatever you want to describe them as. Enough incidents have happened that I can't explain that I 
I'd say I'm a believer now. I, I'm pretty firmly in the camp of I know that they're here. I don't think I still don't believe that there's like evil spirits. I don't think there's any evil kind of coming out of it. I don't think they're out to like get me, but I do think that there's a a curiosity maybe on both ends. I've been handling it personally just by avoiding the buildings that I know are haunted. And then hopefully that means that they will respect my space as well. That doesn't always happen. There's been some nights where we've had a little bit of crossover. I think the first night that I started questioning things is there's a peak overlooking Death Valley that I like to go to every night for sunset. And I was walking up towards that peak one night and I noticed that in the bunkhouse, this building that was built in 1900, that the light was on in the living room, which is kind of the front left room of the building. And when I walked by, the curtain opened and closed. And like, I know it opened and closed. I know this sounds ridiculous as you say it out loud, but I was like, all right, I'm going to go in there and figure out what's going on. So it is the unofficial start of summer, guys. We are officially past Ooh. Memorial Day weekend. And this is the time when typically we would all be outside barbecuing, doing a little swimming, mm-hmm. but high fiving, hugging. Yeah. But there's a there's a spanner in the works. Uh-oh. It's my favorite phrase from Love <laughs> Island. Uh oh. Spanner in the works. And that is coronavirus. So yeah. I know that my pool, I live in an apartment building and my um, community pool is closed because people are worried about the spread of coronavirus. But people have been asking a lot in recent weeks, can I, am I cool to swim in my, my residential pool? Like if I have a pool to myself, then can the pool even possibly kill the virus? Right. All so, those chemicals. Yeah. We wanted to look into it and see if there's validity there um, and what you need to know about swimming during a pandemic. So here's the short answer. You're probably not going to get the virus from pool water. The chlorine and the chemicals in your pool will inactivate the virus. So that's great news for anybody who wants to go swimming. So the pool water does not spread the virus, but people still do. So, So no chicken fights. Yeah. Basically. No, no pool parties. No pool parties. But if I'm healthy, I can go swimming. It's still like inside of your system. It's not like the pool is like penetrating your skin and like going <laughs> in your body and killing it. It's just killing what's on the sur- on the surface of your body. Or whatever's in the water. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you still, if you, if you have it and you still like cough on somebody, they're still going to get it. Right. Maybe. Maybe. So, and you'll still have to wear masks. Like if you're hanging out in the shallow wind or whatnot, like you'll have to have a mask on. And that really made me wonder about the tan lines that would come from that. Oh, yes. Please. <laughs> the thing I saw on Instagram um, this week, which is that trikinis are uh, a thing now, which is uh, matching bikini with your top and your bottom. Oh. I love it. Oh. I love with a mask. It. Yeah. You know, I'm going to rock one of those. Are you? Mm, probably not. <laughs> Maybe. Trikini. If someone, if someone wants to gift me a trikini. Okay. Just to clarify, so, so people that have a pool in their backyard, go ahead and swim. But this is what you're reporting is more for people that are trying to go to a community pool or a shared pool. Right. Correct. Yeah, got it. Okay. And then I think the the last thing is don't pee in the pool. <laughs> 
And that, well, that has yes. does that have anything to do with coronavirus? Yes. How does that have to do with coronavirus? <laughs> like if you pee in the pool, that uses up the chlorine and oh, it makes it less my available to disinfect against viruses. Did, you, did an expert told us this? Yes. No. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. So the pee will take up all the chlorine. <laughs> all the chlorine. Well, just don't pee in the pool. But dude. also, yeah, just don't pee in the pool. Like, okay. Duh. Golden golden rule as for, it were. That doesn't have to be your reasoning or your justification for not being in the pool. Just don't do it. The golden rule. Good one, Eric. Thank you. It's now time for winners and losers. Let's talk about some celebrity real estate. Who made a good deal and who lost cash? Uh, we're going to start with our loser. Our loser this week is Gloria Estefan. The gorgeous singer. Yes. Um, Gloria owns, famously owns a home on Star Island. She's one of the celebrities, one of the, the wealthy folks who owns a a home on Miami Beach's Star Island. Yeah, well, actually, just to clarify, Gloria, I believe, owns two homes on Star Island. So Star Island is this tiny island right near Miami Beach, and it's probably, I think, about 40 different home sites on it, maybe even less. It, I mean, so it's a very exclusive, it's gated. You know, it, there, I figured it, he had to be a star. <laughs> no. You okay. just have to be rich. Gloria Stefan, I believe, owns two homes on Star Island. And this was one that she had bought with her husband, Emilio, I believe, for her mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, it was Emilio's mother. They put it on the market in 2015 for $40 million. It came back on the market this week for 27.9. So that is a 30% come down over five years. And it's still in the Estefan family. She's unable to sell. Why? Well, it, it's a compound on Star Island. It's two homes on one lot. It's a over an acre lot. And I think one is a three-bedroom home and the other is another three-bedroom home. So it's it's a great place if you have an, like generational wealth and you want to mm-hmm. you know, share that wealth with somebody like the Estefans did. Um, but uh, yeah, for a single buyer, you know, for a couple... This is this is a lot of house, a lot of upkeep. Yeah. I think so. And that pool of people is smaller, so oh, it's yeah. just taking right. longer. Yeah. Right. It's really pretty, but I feel like it takes neutral to a whole new level. Like the whole thing is white. There's white on white on white. And I think they're doing that. You know, they 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 were probably instructed by yes. an agent or somebody. Um, yeah. If you want to sell this place, you got to paint the walls white. You got to stage think? it very neutral. Oh, I do. Yeah, I think it I, could be. You think yeah. that it had more personality and that an agent oh, yeah. came I in? So. And- I think so. I think I think the white is a reflection of just trying to sell it. Very. I mean, I agree. I just ne- neutrally staged, ready for a buyer yeah. to come on in and say, "Wow, I can make my own mark here." Can we take a look at the kitchen too? I mean, this is not a twenty-seven million dollar kitchen. No, look, I mean, look at it. It's it's technically a galley kitchen. It's a little bit wider than a galley kitchen. There's there's electric burner. Mm. I mean, it's the tile's pretty ugly in the kitchen. It's you just, sound like that client from Selling Sunset. I know someone's gonna call me a bee behind my back. <laughs> you want a gas stove, baby? I get it. But 
the home again what you're buying this for i think we we discussed this even with the home that uh basketball coach rick patina was selling also on a different exclusive island in south florida what you're buying this for is the plot of land underneath so maybe you right. keep one of these two homes and build your own dream home on this right. on the star island or you know you knock them both down and start from scratch all right well it did have a 30% discount um, for when that. it hit the market again. And for that, <laughs> don't cry for me. She did not Star play. Star Island. She, she did not play, play Evita. Evita. Madonna was Evita. Oh, uh, maybe I'm thinking of Madonna. <laughs> Two different it's people. Fine. What's a, what are other popular Gloria Stefan songs? Come watch you can it. Yeah, but that's the one that everybody knows. What's something else? Get on your feet. It's Get okay. up and, and make, make it, it happen. happen. There was a Broadway musical, a Gloria Stefan Broadway musical. It was called Get on Your Feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's two songs. Give me a third. La, La Isla Bonita. <laughs> that's Madonna. No. See? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, Laisla Bonita's Madonna. Okay. It's easy to do. No, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> they are two different people. Very different. Well, Last night I dread da, 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 da. That's, no, that's, that's Madonna. Gloria Stefan. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's Madonna. Look, at, I, I lived through the 90s. I was there. I mean, I, I was there, too. <sighs> All right. I believe you. In any case, uh, let's move on to the winner. <laughs> There's so much that we can say about this, but we won't. Our winner this week is Lily Singh. She's a comedian. She's a talk show host. She's the host of... A Little Late with Lily Singh. She came to prominence, though, via YouTube. She, her you yes. Know, yes. social media, Correct. she has, like I want to say, like over... Tens of is it billions? Yeah, yeah. Three point seven billion lifetime views, and for those that understand, it, she has seventeen point eight million subscribers on her two primary YouTube channels. So wow. she, she was a huge YouTube star, and then NBC gave her the nod to try something on network TV, and right. she's got this late night show. All yeah. of which is to say, she has some dough now, and she bought mm-hmm. a nice home in Studio City. I think a that, very nice home. I, th- mm-hmm. I would think this might be up your alley. It was built in 2019, so it's a little old. Who's Natalie's old. alley? <laughs> it's it's old for me. Um, <laughs> it was priced. Listeners, at- we have a running joke that Natalie doesn't like anything that comes before 2020. <laughs> I always have problems with, yeah, with homes. Go back to the Shia LaBeouf, ep- or the, yeah, the episode we featured, Shia- we talked about Shia LaBeouf's home. Um, the reason we're going to call her the winner, though, is that this home was on the market. It's It was brand new, 6,300 square feet, was on the market for 5.23, 5.24, and it was just finished last year. She ended up snagging it for 4.135, so four, just Good a little over her. $4 million. So she got a great discount on this place, and it nice. is pretty nice. This place um, 
it's cool because it's built kind of into the hill, but there also is a sizable backyard. A lot of times Mm -hmm. these hills, homes, you you just don't get much of a backyard. Um, She has a pool, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. A nice grassy area. And we spoke with the listing agent on this home, Jason Oppenheim. Maybe you guys have heard of him. Um, Whoa. Whoa. Bringing it all back. And he noted the most impressive aspects of the house are its design and craftsmanship, which you guys are just noting right now. We are noting. Um, we can talk a little bit about the craftsmanship in the kitchen. Uh, the, there's a full wall of just hardwood, and it's the, the it's the refrigerator, and then the cabinets above the oven. It's kind of built around the oven. Um, very mid century feel to it. How do you guys feel about this whole concept of concealed refrigerator appliances? The uh... I I quite like it. The cabinetry. It looks like it's built into the cabinetry. Oh, yeah. No, I I like that. I I like it. It looks very clean. Yeah. Yeah, How do you feel, Rachel? Undetermined. Okay. (laughs) uh, That's a TBD right there. But it's very much a trend right now. Definitely in homes built within the last couple of years uh, in higher-end homes, yeah. Um, Right. So I, I guess I just never really thought about it looking ugly, and I just, I remember... Back to the days, and I guess this was more the early aughts and the 90s when it was a sign of luxury if you could display a stainless steel refrigerator. Mm. And obviously times have changed, but it's just interesting to me that now that's considered garish and you want to pretend that you don't even have a refrigerator. I I I don't eat. I don't drink. Yeah. (laughs) I, I I don't go to the bathroom. I don't do anything. Or maybe it is a sign of of wealth now because you it says I just get takeout all the time. Right. Yeah. I just order my food every night. I don't, yeah. I don't the, cook. I don't need a gas burner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a yeah. It's a gorgeous home. Oppenheim also told us it's located at the end of a quiet cul-de-sac and it's behind private gates and it also has a lot of natural light, which is important because she's already started shooting YouTube content in the home so Mm. um that was a big consideration for her as well as as something that would make a great backdrop for her content on youtube yeah i mean this house is it's it's beautiful it is yeah and the fact that she got a deal on it just makes it that much sweeter All right, and that is it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to check out any of the stories we discussed today, please go to realtor.com slash news. You can also Google the topic plus the words realtor.com and it should show up for you in your browser. If you have a free moment, can you please scroll down and give us a five-star rating and write us a review. We want to hear what you think. If you want to send us an email, uh, let us know about a story idea or tell us we said something incorrect, corrections, feedback are welcome at podcast at realtor.com. Podcast with no S. No S. And we would also love to hear from you on social media. You can give us a follow on Facebook or Twitter. We are at House Party Pod on both. Um, Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. And we will catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.